Welcome. Today is Monday, October 26th. This is Sports Time with the Sage. I'm your host, Ryan L. And analytics is ruining sports. No, kidding. It's not. But that has been, you know, kind of a hot topic. As of late, we're starting to see the emergence of analytics more and more in not only off-season moves and how you form rosters of teams, but also with the strategy, you know, in the coaching. And that obviously makes a lot more waves because you see the impact is immediate opposed to like an organizational shift is how they, you know, compile rosters. Now, the World Series... I haven't watched much, but it's being managed to death. It's uh, it's borderline unwatchable. I mean, Toronto or Tampa, you know, is they're at the forefront of the analytics movement. You know, they'll go strictly by the numbers. You know, they'll start pitchers, pull them after two innings. Have pitchers only face one batter. They will switch their lineups. You know, pretty much go by what the statistics tell them to do. Now, in baseball, there is a large enough sample size. You can't get away with that. I shouldn't even say get away with that. uh, Because, actually, I I am for implementing analytics. I think it takes the emotion out of it. Now, emotion is kind of what makes sports great, and you don't know day-to-day, game-from-game, anything can happen, and it's not just a straight algorithm. So that is important. Uh, You know, I don't want to be totally a robotic simulation when it comes to sports, but I do think there's a place for it. And in football, you're finally starting to see it more and more, whether it's going for it on fourth down, when to go for two, and like Todd Gurley's situation this week, Atlanta, so he tried to, you know, he was going to score a touchdown, then it would, the better move would have been to fall down on the one, so then they could kick the field goal. That didn't happen, of course, and then what happened is they lost, so that was actually a win for the analytics, but... There's been a lot of situations early in the year where the coaches have played the analytics and then have gotten killed for it. Texans would be one where they were up seven, went for two to win the game, missed it, ended up losing that game. I think what everyone's missing, and everyone, I would say by and large, analytics is 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 kind of hated, especially in football. Um, as far as, oh, you shouldn't go for two there. There's too much time left. Or, uh, you know, don't kick a field goal now. Wait till you score the touchdown. It's it's just playing percentages. So what needs to be baked in is sometimes it's going to fail. It's almost like the first time it doesn't work. It's like, oh, that's it. Can't do it again. Well, it's, you know, if it's 65%, probability it's going to help you win the game that means 35% of the chance it's not going to work 
So that has to be taken into consideration. So you can't just every time one play doesn't work or one decision as far as, you know, if they go by the numbers, you know, you can't bury them for that. And I feel that's why it's coaches are reticent to switch to more analytical decision making, you know, because they do get in the moment crushed if what they decided to do isn't the conventional wisdom and then gets you know, stopped or whatever, the play doesn't work. And then you have all the Monday morning quarterback pile on conversations, talk shows, that type of thing. So I just think people need to remember it's not going to work some of the time. That's just how it is. All right. We got an amazing games of week seven to break down. Let's get the Sage on the line. All right, we got the stage on the line. Dad, how you doing? Good, Ryan. How you doing today? Doing well. <clears throat> oh, week six, not so many great games. Week seven, wow. I don't know if I can remember. Uh, just so many games and big plays and action hits. That was. That's why the NFL's came. Yeah, that was quite a weekend. Just tremendous games up and down the slate. Yeah, it really was. Um, they, you know, they, they they split out the early games and afternoon games, and then you had the excellent night game. So we have a great Monday night game too. So that's uh, that's how you like to see it. So we're about halfway through the fantasy season, even a little more. Um, yep. As <laughs> sad as that is, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about gearing up to the playoffs is this you do you like to look how far in the future do you look as far as matchups for weeks 14 15 16 well i'm i'm looking now okay you know if you're doing well in your leagues you need to be looking now if you're just trying to get into the playoffs it it doesn't matter as much right yep and weeks 14 15 16 you know that's Two months away, so you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. That's <clears throat> yeah, good good point. All right, let's start it with the night game. Now, your bold prediction on Friday that may have been lost in the ether was Cardinals win. Kyler gets into the MVP conversation. Well, both those things happen. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly as important to the Cardinals as Wilson is to the Seahawks. But, uh, you know, starting with Murray, he was, you know, tremendous again. He threw almost 50 pass. He threw 48. Wilson threw 50. Uh, Yeah, just tremendous. Uh, Hopkins had 12 targets, caught 10. A couple more touchdowns for Christian Kirk. I think that's four now in two weeks. Right. And Kenyon Drake going down, open things up for Chase Edmonds, probably worked out for the Cardinals favored last quarter. uh... Right. I would in let's, let's touch on Kirk. You know, his numbers look good the last two weeks, but he's, he was sitting on what, like 17 yards, like halfway through the fourth quarter or, 
you know, it's been, you know, pretty lucky, but for lack of a better term. Where, where do you, like, have him moving forward? Do you believe in him, or is it just kind of, if you got no one better, he's a good option? I think he's in that wide receiver three flex range. I mean, he did have eight targets. And, you know, he and Murray just really starting to form some kind of chemistry, especially with no exhibition games, no OTAs. Right. Uh, you know, I like I like him as a wide receiver three or flex moving forward. Okay. Can, finally, can we put Fitz out to pasture for as a fantasy option? Because he looked like he maybe could hold some value at the beginning of the year. Well, I think if – if Kirk or Hopkins went down, Fitz would be right back in the mix. I mean, he also had eight targets. Now, Murray threw the ball 48 times, like I mentioned. But, again, you don't put anybody, you know, out to pasture on uh, week seven of the season. I mean, Aiden Hurst, Larry Fitzgerald, no. There's too many injuries. Uh, I mean, he's not in any of my lineups in – all six of my leagues so far, but again, you get a couple of injuries. He could easily get in there on some bye weeks. Okay. And then he, uh, man, he had that really heady play where at the end of the game where he grabbed the ball and brought it to the center. I don't know if you. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was. Yeah. That was impressive. I mean, he's, he's definitely valuable in real football and he's, you know, good for the Cardinals in general. Uh, so let's, let's touch on the running backs since they both got hurt, let's start with Arizona. Drake looked really upset. Was that bad injury? I have no idea. Well, the initial tests weren't maybe quite as bad, but he's getting uh, further evaluation. I believe going to have an MRI done. So they are on a bye uh, this coming week. So it gives him, you know, almost two weeks to heal. I mean, uh, Edmonds, he, he, I, I said on week one he looked better, and that hasn't changed. He looks better. Yeah, I think everybody agrees he looks better. You know, he's not that big. No. So maybe they don't want him to take the extreme pounding, but he blew up a couple games last year when Drake was out. So I wouldn't be surprised if Drake uh, misses a game. Let's say Drake has, you know, it is bad, and he's out for – four to six weeks uh blow everything on Edmonds if he was available I know he's not available in your type of leagues but in some leagues he is yes yeah yes he he's a a solid RB2 high-end yep RB2 in this offense and uh his pass catching abilities yeah he would be the guy to get for sure right and then on the other side Carson, now he looks like he got hurt really bad earlier in the year with Dallas. He played the next week. Um, you know, Mixon got hurt, came back, and now he might miss another game. So, the foot, you know, the foot injuries are tough to tell. Uh, what's the prognosis on Carson? Is it anything or too early? Well, they're getting testing done, too. He had a, a midfoot sprain is what they called it last night. And if you watch the game, he was on the sidelines. Right. You know, for the entire second half. So uh, high 
Hyde would be uh he'd be a solid RB two if Car- if uh, Carson misses any time. Hyde's a good player. I mean, he's, he's he keeps going from team to team, and he ends up playing and being good. I like Hyde. Yeah, yeah. I think I think everybody agree with you. Uh, he gained a thousand yards last year, so he's a solid NFL back. Okay. Um, you know, I would I would be remiss if that didn't bring up that Metcalf play. Holy cow! Yeah, that was something else, and it really, you know, it saved him. It looked like a game changer at that time, right? Uh, I do think. I mean, it was a tremendous play by Metcalf, of course, but if you look at that tape closely, right at the end, I think. I mean, Baker was gassed, but if he'd have just, you know, juked it to the right or to the left, I don't think Metcalf would have hauled him down. No, no, he probably wouldn't have. Um, You know, and and Metcalf is known for straight line speed. Uh, As far as the receivers and Lockett having the monster game and and Metcalf not, it's almost like – because I know the Cardinals – coaching staff was, you know, oh, we got to do a bunch to stop Metcalf, got a game scheme Metcalf, but Peterson, I don't know if he's still that lockdown guy. It's almost like they didn't even try to get Metcalf involved. Uh, moving forward, I, I still probably have Metcalf, you know, a little higher than Lockett, but they're both top 10 guys. Well, Lockett's been very inconsistent. I mean, he had Metcalf for sure, but if Metcalf throws a couple, three of these together, like Lockett did, you know, again, I mean, Lockett, that, that was the highest point total, I think, of the entire season. He got 50 in our fantasy league. I mean, uh, you can't do, he had, he had 20 targets, 15, 15 receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, it just depends. Uh, he was not being shadowed. He was wide open all night long. So, uh, you know, they're both – I'm with you. I've got Metcalf rated higher, and I, I don't have Lockett as a – he maybe top 15, top 10, I don't know. But then again, it just changes every week. It's yeah. it's just, like I've said, it's the latest, not the greatest. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I, I, I think Lockett's proven enough uh, – you know he's he's got he's got some Antonio Brown in him. I guess that's who everyone compares every small receiver to. But he's he's really really good. Um, all right, moving on to one of Antonio Brown's old teams, Tennessee at Pitt. Let's go to the wide receivers at Pitt. This looked like week one when you said Deontay Johnson's the best guy, and it trickles down from there. Yeah, and if you also remember last week, I said I think you know we need to pump the brakes on uh, Claypool. Yep, and and Barry and Juju. Uh, but you know Juju, I mean he's in a uh, free fall, and I think they decided before the game, you know we're going to feed him a little bit, get him back on board. Looked that way. Uh, and yeah, that's exactly what they did. I mean, he had fourteen targets. Right. So, I mean, that's unbelievable. And, I mean, Johnson looks really explosive. He had 15 targets, had the two touchdowns, did get dinged up again. I know. Uh, and uh, Claypool, one target, 
one catch minus two yards. It wasn't even a target. It was right. know, it looked like a lateral, yeah. one little shovel pass there that they do at the end of round. I mean, I like him certainly in real football yeah. and certainly moving forward. Yep. But it takes, you know, Johnson to be out. Yep. Clay. That's when Claypool did his best work. And uh, if you're going to start feeding Juju now, all of a sudden, you know, that's one less. Uh, you know, Ben likes to go to his tight end. Ebron had eight targets. Okay. McDonald had two targets. So there, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh. There is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Claypool is playable when they're all healthy. I mean, I suppose if you're in desperate need, but like, and you brought up, he was, he was literally maximizing every target he had. Like that was not sustainable. There was regression was coming, uh, and it came hard this week. So that was a bummer if you used him. Uh, you mentioned Ebron. You know, I've kind of scoffed at him, but now he's had a couple good games in a row. Well, there you go. So this is why I say, you know, three weeks ago, Ebron, you know. He can't catch. Yeah, I mean, he's he continues to drop a pass a game, but you know what are you going to do? He is a specimen. Yep, he knows how to get in the the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's at the low at the end of the tight end one range, yep. beginning of the tight end twos. All right, and then you know we kind of <clears throat> talked about Connor being good. How about this for a throwback comp for Connor? Remember Rudy Johnson for the Bengals? Yeah, he was a little bit bigger body than Connors, but yeah. Okay, Connors pretty big. All right, I thought, you know, one of those guys, it's like you didn't love to pick him at, you know, 11 through 14 or, you know, of the running backs, but at the end of the year, you know, they're going to probably finish 9 through 12. So, uh, you know, he, he's he's a good player. Tennessee, um, first of all, all those three pass catchers, those when I watch the tape, it's I got to see the numbers. They almost all look alike. I'm talking Smith, Davis, uh, Brown. I feel only two of the three are going to have a good game based on the way they, you know, they scheme their passing. What do you do um, as far as or what's your Tennessee pass receiver takes? Well, Brown's number one. He's far and away their yep. number one receiver. Right, uh, Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had a nice game, but you know he's. He's a wide receiver three flex right. if he's healthy. Yep. Uh, and John U. Smith, I'm not sure if he's entirely healthy. They sure didn't utilize him like they have been doing prior to the week he, he got hurt. Right. So, but, you know, I do like him. Uh, Humphreys, who, you know, if Corey Davis is an end, you can use a little Adam Humphreys, but. He he only had one catch. For in fact, it was that fluky play. Right. Where yeah, no, I it he, hit off a helmet and it was. Yeah, yeah. No, but he's without you know when Davis isn't there, he can be, uh, you know, a, a Beasley type possession receiver. Yep. Yeah, um, and the Steelers are really good against the tight end, so that would to me explain away the Davis Smith disparity this week. But I don't think you can necessarily. Uh, you know, strap like that going forward, that Davis is going to get that action. But they're they're all really big. Like, but you said Brown, he is he looks like To. I mean, he he that you know that touchdown was really impressive. Oh, he just put the afterburners. On. Yeah, 
I mean, and he hasn't been playing hardly at all. You know, he was hurt. You know, they didn't have practice. They didn't have preseason. Gets hurt the first game, doesn't play for a month. He comes out, and he just looks like a stud. Now, I've got him rated higher than Lockett, for example. Wow. Okay, that's that. That's a bull take. You So you, you would say points per game, Brown over Lockett? I think I would. All right. Put that one on the board. That's a good. That's a good take. Um, let's move to Detroit at Atlanta, the battle of the teams that, to me, are poorly coached. The Falcons should be better. I mean, they got, they got good players. Uh, but let's start with Detroit, and I think the biggest story is the you know Swift looking awesome, but the snap count was twenty six. Swift eighteen Peterson. 14, Terry and Johnson, even though I watched the tape, it was pretty much all blocking, pass blocking, but still. that's, that's his role. That That's what he does. They say he's like uh, having an extra offensive lineman Okay. and uh, Stafford wants him in there. So he will be in there. He's not going to be touching the ball. He's going to be in blocking. Yeah. Well, 14, that's a lot. That's taken away, you know, a catcher too. Swift, he looks like he shot out of a cannon. When are they going to stop using Peterson? Yeah, who knows? Right. I mean, doesn't look like anytime soon. Swift looked really good. Looks, looks really good. Really good. You know, uh, just looks like a stud running back. But until Peterson goes down, and he isn't one to get injured. No, he's not. It, it's a like so many, like most backfields. It's a timeshare. Right. Yeah. It's just you know what can you do? You just got to ride it out. <clears throat> You know, hope he no, not hope he gets hurt, but if if he does, that would help Swift. Um, you know, Galladay, he's a monster. You know, Hawkinson, he didn't he didn't really jump out, you know, as far as on tape, but he's still in the you know TE one category. Anything on the pass catchers? Well, Galladay is really good, like you mentioned. Uh, TJ. They like him around the goal line. He's got value. He's definitely a tight end one this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he threw it up again. I mean, he got the huge catch, of course. Yep. Virtually last play of the game. But uh, uh, they like to look for him there on that, you know, once they get inside the two or three. Right. Um, and then Atlanta. So the, the, the cold open I did today or don't, is on, you know, kind of the analytics stuff. Uh, Gurley, you know, messed that up. <laughs> uh, I mean, but, you know, going forward, I, I don't understand why they don't use Gurley in the past game at all. And, you know, Ridley, he had, he had, he had one catch where he didn't get his foot down. We got the touchdown later. You know, him and Julio are probably must starts and, you know, Matt Ryan's Matt Ryan. I don't think there's really anything learned from this game. No, I mean, they're all effective fantasy. Yep. Ryan, of course, Julio Ridley. They're, they're and even Hurst. Wide receiver ones. Yep. Nope, they both are. And even Hurst, I mean, they have like five fantasy starters, you know, arguably, and they're, you know, one in six or whatever. They should be much better. Uh, yeah, that was a shame they lost that game. I mean, they lost it because Gurley – yeah. Score. I mean, he tried, but uh, there again. I, I don't know if he really tried, to be honest. No, he did. I know. Yeah, he I mean, he kind of did, but it's like, I, I mean, it, I don't know how you even get it that close, but 
Well, he, that's the whole point. He messed up by getting it too close. I mean, he cost him the game. Right. And actually, Gurley, you know, he, before this, you know, analytics became a little more hot, like a couple of years ago on the Rams, he did, uh, you know, he slid down on a breakaway. So, you know, he, he knows he's aware of that. But, um, yeah, that was that's a, that's a rough one for Atlanta. So let's move to Carolina at New Orleans. That was a it was a good good clean game from what I saw. The Saints had sixty seven plays and Carolina only had forty three. So to me that explains a lot of uh, kind of the stats. Now the Saints pass catchers. I mean, what's I, I, like I don't get into. So I've just been watching the games this year. I mean, Mike Thomas. There must be obviously something going on behind the scenes there. Where he hurt his hamstring <laughs> after the after the ankle that kept him out last week, he hurt his hamstring in between the so they're not even sure he can play next uh, this Sunday. Right, it's very iffy. And Emmanuel Sanders, you know, he just went on uh, the COVID, so he might not be able to play either. And then, you know, you can't count on. You know, what is Trey, what's it, Trey Quan Smith? Is that the dude that was supposed to be good this week? Yeah. yeah he didn't, he didn't show yeah. up on the film at all. Um, so, I mean, can you do, can you trust any Saints receiver moving forward? Outside of Kamara, of course. Uh, well, this Callaway looked good. He looked really good. He had 10 targets, caught eight balls. Yeah, I really like him. So uh, he's probably he's probably the guy to own there if Thomas and Sanders don't play this coming week. Callaway is uh, you know a real sleeper and someone you should. Do you know if he's at. the same dude that was on the Browns? Um, okay. No, he's not. All right. Yeah. No, he 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 looked like he did look the definitely the second best there. Um, and then uh, you know Cooks another like in that that tight end vortex of eight to 15 or whatever. Uh, he had a really nice touchdown catch. And you mentioned Kamara. He's, he's the best running back right now in the league to me. Mm, he's one of the best. I don't know if he's I mean, he got to rank best, someone but... one, but so, I mean, yeah. that's where I'm at there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike Davis, the, you know, kind of the pumpkin is showed up or the, messing my Cinderella references up, but he's, you know, come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, he has. I mean, you, like you said, the, they didn't have nearly exactly. the plays run that the saints did, but uh, he's still, you know, looks like one more week. Uh, there's a chance they happen to play Thursday night. There's a chance McCaffrey will play, but, I think he probably. Yeah, I mean, why? That would you be know, crazy, why? Right? You know, they play Atlanta. They'll probably win. They don't even need McCaffrey. Give him one more week and have him come back. Uh, right. Week nine. Totally. That, that offense could be <clears throat> lethal with him. Uh, to the receivers, to me, Anderson still on film looks like the number one guy, but both are nice. Uh, you, you, you overreacting to the. the DJ Moore scoring the touchdowns, or you still have Anderson ahead of him? I have Anderson ahead of him, but Moore is explosive. Yeah, is. And, uh, you know, it's a new coach. 
with more, maybe as the season goes on, he'll he'll kind of inch up to that wide receiver one territory that he had before the season right. started. In the, in the, yeah, they're both definitely starters, and Samuel's one of those guys, too. If you're desperate, he seems to make things happen. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's go to Tampa Bay, as they like to say it, at Oakland. That was actually a close game. It wasn't. It was twenty four twenty in the fourth quarter. Uh, so I, I'm not going to say any of this stuff was garbage time. Now, Tampa Bay. That's a real uh, too many mouths to feed situation going on here. And Browns coming in town. Yeah, I mean, they're more about real football than fantasy football. But one thing that even before the emergence of Gronk and the addition of Antonio Brown. If Godwin plays, Evans does not get fed, and it happened again. I mean, the splits are unbelievable. Godwin's only been healthy maybe two games. Right. But, uh, yeah, Evans had two catches. He did have two, so he did have two PI calls, so I, I really think. He did. Yeah. But, okay, give him four catches. Uh, and they, and he, what, how many touchdowns did Brady have? Four or five? Or four passing, I guess. Um, so, yeah. but it's and and Brown's coming to town. It's it's a concern. But what do you? I mean, what do you do with Evans? You you, you don't cut him. You're probably still starting him unless you're absolutely stacked. Um, but bad games like this, that they're coming. They are. I mean, he's had two in a row. So we'll see. I, I mean, really, the story is Gronk is rounding into shape a little yeah. bit. I mean, he was so stiff the first few games now. And then you have Brady throwing to him with that history. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of upside there moving forward. With there is. Um, yeah, and then actually to me, the uh, the other big story is Fournette. I mean, he got all the third down work and he had 39 snaps. Verse 30, and Jones looked awesome on the first drive or whenever, like at the beginning. So what do you do there? Well, Fournette just kills Jones' value. I mean, Jones was just looking studly. He was moving to the low end on yep. one the last two, three yep. weeks. Uh, but, and it looks to me like Arians prefers Fournette to him. You know, we in true crunch turn yes. time and, so, you know, we'll have to see. But Fournette, I mean, you never know. He seems to get nagging injuries. And uh, just another running back by yep. committee. They're a good team, though. Uh, moving moving to are. Oakland. Um, <clears throat> you know, Aguilar, he, he had he's, – he's got some production. He had some big gains. He, he had some brutal drops in the second half, too. Where are you at on him? Well, he looks like he's their wide receiver one. I mean, Waller, I guess, is. But when you talk about the wideouts, he's had enough good games that, you know, he did have nine targets. Uh, he's he's a wide receiver, three flex, okay. maybe. So you're, you're not, like, completely, uh, you know, buying in. I think that's smart. You know, but it, it isn't impossible for someone. He does have high pedigree, and his thing has always been drops. So, you know, 
Devontae Adams would be the number one example of someone who, you know, had drops and what maybe wasn't looking like he was going to pan out and became a stud. Uh, you know, Devontae Parker has some of that, you know. So, so I, I mean, you know, Aguilar was you like the 17th overall pick at, at a point. So, you know, it wouldn't be impossible if he has, you know, a late bloomer type situation, but I don't trust him. Uh, you know, Jacobs is still a really good player. I wish they'd use him in the past role a little bit more. Yeah, he was up against it. I mean, that Tampa Bay, that's the other thing with Tampa Bay. They got a uh, really sound defense to go with their offense. Right. So, Jacobs he didn't, didn't have a no. chance. In the that, who's the, that dude, that middle linebacker that they got? Is it David that for Tampa? My goodness. Uh, David, David, his name, uh, he flies everywhere. Yeah, they're they're really good. Uh, let's move to Jacksonville at the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll save Herbert and go to Jacksonville first. Minshaw's he's limiting he's limited and it hurts the wide receivers. That was my take from watching the game. Yeah, he doesn't have that That's strong it. an arm, and now his accuracy has gone down a little bit too. But I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, if they make a change, yeah, there. um, that's it. So, I, I his, it, it's his arm strength, it just takes too long and he to get there. Um, Shalot, I, I can't say his name. What's that guy's name? Chanel. you know, he's in the Debo, Ayuku, that another name I've talked about, that type of category where he's really dangerous with the ball, but I don't know if you can quite trust him. and I mean, we've been big chart guys here. I don't know how much longer we can tout him. Well, he apparently is very unhappy with Minshew and how he's getting him the ball. So uh, he had only one reception on seven targets. And he also appears to be a little hurt. Too. Right, but, you know, I guess they all are. Um, but that's that's about it there. I don't – I mean, it's not a great situation all around. Rob, oh well, I'd be remiss to not mention Robinson. That dude runs angry, and he's a good, good player. He is. He had yeah, a heck of a game. Uh, so the other running back situation. So Kelly outsnapped Jackson thirty six thirty this game. What you got there? Well, it's all game script. You know, right. game flow. Uh, once they got ahead, then they were feeding it to Kelly. Kelly, I don't know. He doesn't look too explosive to me. He can't really break much distance. You know, they're all, he's only averaging, I think it's under three yards to carry. Jackson, you know, he missed a couple games with his knee. He may not be 100% healthy, which led to Kelly getting all the between tackles, carries, uh, and Jackson is there, uh, you know, doing the Eckler role for the Chargers, catching all the passes out of right. the backfield. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I think I like Kelly a little more um, than you, but I don't. You know, both of them are you know kind of borderline RB two flex type situations. But let's go. Let's go. To the big story. I mean, Herbert. He he looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, he he looks like he could have been number one pick in the draft. I mean, he's just tremendous. 
cannot say enough good things about him. He's got the whole package. Right. Like. I mean, right. No, it's it's incredible. Um, and he's he's been no been more accurate and taking more chances, throwing deep. Uh, you know, kind of Mike Williams. He thought maybe would have gotten some of those. He didn't. But him and Allen, uh, you know, they're they're developing something special. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Allen had 13 targets again, 10 catches, 125 yards. Yeah. So uh, Williams was almost right. a non-factor. I mean, he only had three targets, one catch for four yep. yards. Uh, it was really surprising when you think they had going into that game. A couple other people caught bombs that even I didn't really know. Uh, so like, there's Virgil Green caught one. Two other receivers caught big bombs. So. Mike Williams, I think he's one of those. He's better in real life than fantasy. Um, but, yeah, Herbert, I mean, you know, moving forward, I, I he feels like uh, Josh Allen. If Josh Allen, like, was a tremendous th- throw, you know, like a, a head, like had all the whole package. It's like he's what, you know, maybe we thought Allen was going to be after the first four games. But I, I love Herbert. Yeah, I'd say he's definitely a QB1 moving forward for the rest of the season. He's in that 7-12 yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. All right. And then let's close out real quick on San Francisco at New England. You know, we, uh, we, we I loved Cam, you know, after we – I don't know what has happened, but, I mean, I literally no one on the Patriots is playable. Well, Cam – He's being exposed for his inability to throw bit. football. This is what's ha- this is what's happening. They have no Little. passing game. They really have no running game. They, They're a mess. That doesn't look like a five hundred. No, it doesn't. Uh, you know, maybe you know, and they they did lose all those defensive players. So you know, I'm not definitely not going to be like, oh, it was all Brady, not Belichick. But it's a uh, it's a mess, and I'm I am surprised. Uh, like I said, I don't see anyone usable on New England. Let's go to San Francisco. You, you called Wilson. <laughs> My goodness. I did. I did, and he was just – it's a shame. That kid has been hurt. I mean, he had really beat out Mostert two years ago, yeah, he- and then he got hurt again. And then Mostert seized that moment and that opportunity, but he did it again, and I think they're saying ankle and – he, it, it looked, yeah, it, kind it looked of worse bad. than it seemed like it is. Uh, but and then also, like I mean, Shanahan throw him in the you know, Peyton Belichick. You can't trust anything on him. No, you can't. Uh, Jeez, I mean McKinnon. <laughs> he even said then after the game, "Oh yeah, we had right. no intention of using him. <laughs> we were resting him." This like, thanks. <laughs> But, uh, you know, then Debo Samuel got hurt at the end of the game. He was looking tremendous. He looked like he was back right. in midseason form. And uh, and this Ayuk, he looks really good, too. Yeah. I mean, if, if Sam, if Debo Samuel is out again, Ayuk is somebody to look at. He's certainly a yeah. uh, wide receiver three, for no, sure. He looked, Maybe like, the when they're right, they look like, you know, the the new generation of offense. Uh, you know, San Francisco. They look, you know, with kind of getting those wide receivers the balls in different ways. 
uh, you know, Kittle being a monster. They, they look good when they're right. So that, you know, I don't know if that is consistent week to week because, like I said, you can't trust Shanahan. All right, that is pretty good. Yet any, any, let's preview quickly the Bears, Rams. Should be a good game. I think it'd be a low scoring game. Uh, you know, like I've mentioned a couple times, the Rams, they're a running football team. They are not a passing football team. So you're going to see this game shortened and low scoring. Uh, 17 13. Love it. And, you know, just in typical NFL fashion, the Bears are the number one seed in the NFC right now. So that's, that's something. Uh, All right. All right, Dad. Yeah, it is. Bear, you too, Ryan. 